If you guys have your Bibles with you, open up to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. We're talking about God's love in the book of 1 John. And it's just, it's been the theme and it stays the theme. And we're, today we're going to talk about uh, God's love. <laughs> so, because we're going verse by verse through 1 John. Uh, so every time I come up here, uh, we're going to go through 1 John. And then after that, we'll just keep going uh, book by book, and then, uh, whoa, we'll see where the Lord takes us. But First John chapter 4, verse 7, um, in fact, in verses 7 to 21, uh, John, he just continues to talk about the love of God, and uh, the, tonight we're going to talk about loving one another, and so let's just read, let's just jump right into it. First John chapter 4, let's start at verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, and for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time, and if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. And by this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. And love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because he is I'm sorry, as he is, so we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. And for, for he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, how can the love of God, whom he has not seen, how, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. So, wow, jam-packed. Let's go all the way back to verse 7. But in these 15 verses, uh, the point is just very, very simple, and, and we're going to keep it that way tonight. But if we love God, we're just naturally going to love others. And Turn with me to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Because this phrase, love one another, um, is only used 13 times in the New Testament. In fact, John uses, out of those 13 times, he uses this phrase, love one another, 10 times out of the 13 times. And, and uh, three of those are in our text today. And he learned this phrase, I think, from Jesus. Uh, look at John chapter 13. Look at verse 34. It says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also 
love one another, Jesus said. In fact, turn to John chapter 15, look at verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Look at verse 17 of John chapter 15. It says, Jesus says, these things I command you that you love one another. In fact, go back to 1 John, 1 John chapter 3, because uh, this phrase of just loving one another, John uses it, and, and the whole book of John is about God's love. In fact, uh, 30 times in, the, in chapter 3 and chapter 4 alone. So uh, this, is, uh, this is tremendous. It's amazing. Uh, look, 1 John chapter 3, look at verse 11. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. So this is nothing new. It's nothing that is fresh in any way. It's been from the very beginning, right, that, that it, we've known this. Uh, in fact, look at First John chapter 4, look at verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. In fact, look at verse 11 of chapter 4. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Look at verse 12. It says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 12, No one has seen God at any time. And if we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. Look a page over to the right in 2 John. 2 John, look at verse 5. It says in verse 5, And now I plead with you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning that we love one another. So clearly uh, we should love one another and this is a command from the very very beginning uh, it's nothing new here so as we love one another uh, as i go back over the text go back to first john chapter four um, i notice that there are seven things that john is just kind of outlining for us here uh, if we love one another there's going to be proof right there's going to be seven things in our lives specifically uh, there's probably more. I looked it up really simple. It's really quick today. Um, but, uh, but notice the first thing is we are born of God. Go back to verse 7 of 1 John chapter 4. Notice it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And so notice where the source of love comes from. The source of love comes from who? God himself and God alone, right? So he's the only one that, uh, that can give this type of love, this agape love. This, uh, and, and we cannot receive this agape love from nobody else. Not, there's no type of other love out there that we can receive that's higher, this high of love. Nobody goes around and says, I agape you anymore, right? Well, maybe in this church you're familiar with it, but it's not a common word that we speak anymore. When we say love, we use that same word in English, but we say, I love tacos, I love my wife, I love that car, I love that house, I love my kids. I love. It's the same word for all of it, but it's a different wording, different meaning uh, in 
the Greek language. So that agape is the top is highest, selfless, sacrificial, spiritual type of love. That's the love of, that God demonstrated on the cross for you and I type of love, right? And so this love is that agape love. By the way, you can't strive for it. You can't earn it. You can't pay for this type of love. This type of love was given freely to you and I from God alone, right? And it's, it's at the Lord's cost there. And if we try to accomplish this uh, type of love on our own in our own flesh, apart from the Lord, we're going to fail miserably. We're going to fall on our face. Um, for my wife's birthday, right, she just had a baby, and, and uh, so I gave her what I thought was the, the best gift in the world, an elliptical, right? <laughs> that didn't go so well. <laughs> I was like, why are you crying? I hope that's of joy. <laughs> this is what we always wanted, right? Uh, so I'm, I'm not a, quite a good gift giver there, but... I'm working on it. Pray for me, by the way. <laughs> but but I could imagine, right? So if you try to love others, you know, that same type of love ain't going to happen, right? You're going to go <laughs> on your face. Um, but anyways, look at verse 7 again. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And, and notice that. Love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And, and if anything, guys, I want to encourage you, if you're, you know, like me in, in my life in, in the past, I've, I remember praying to the Lord and being like, Lord, you can't love me. I mean, look at me. Look at how messed up I am. Look at my sin. Look at this and look at that. And, and, and you can't possibly love. I'm not even going to go to church. I can't even read your Bible. You're too holy for me. All right? Get, get away from me. But no, 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 no. His love compels us, right, to love not only him, but love one another. And it's the Holy Spirit in us who continues to encourage us to stay in that love, right? We got to continue on in this love. And I encourage you guys, if that's you guys, return. Return back to the, your first love. Return back to the love of Christ because there's nothing else, guys. There's nothing else. There's people out there that they, they search for love in all the wrong places, right? And truly they do. And they end up in the dirt and the pig pen, right? And they're playing with the mud and they, they're like, what am I doing? And I, I just want you guys to know that God is always there. He'll always, he'll always welcome you back at any time if you just return, right? Return back to that. But you got to receive that love. And, and that's what I want you to catch tonight as well. Uh, but this phrase, born of God, go back to verse 7. This phrase, born of God, it's only used by John, by the way. In fact, in, look at 1 John chapter 3, look at verse 9. It says, whoever has been born of God does not sin. Look at 1 John chapter 5, look at verse 1. It says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him, who begot, also loves him who is begotten of him. Look at uh, verse 4. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Look at verse 18. And we know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. And so if we love one another... It simply just proves that 
we are born of God. And when I think of this phrase, by the way, where, where, where did John get this phrase from, born of God? Immediately I'm reminded of John chapter 3. You guys remember Jesus speaking to Nicodemus? Uh, and he tells him, Nicodemus, you gotta be, you got to be born again. right? You want to enter into this relationship, it's only through the cross. It's only through my blood. It's only by you dying that you can have life, basically. right? So speaking of that relationship, with Jesus Christ, just like in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 speaks about, right? Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. That speaks of a relationship. That Look at the end of the verse right there, and knows God. That word know is ginosko in the Greek, right? To know by experience, to know um, uh, intimately carries the idea of just knowing him Knowing the Lord personally, personally, right? And it's entering into that deep personal relationship with the Lord uh, where he's speaking back to you. You're not just coming, giving your time, giving your, you know, whatever it is you give to the Lord. It's you, you're, it's a both, right? He's speaking to you. You're praying to the Lord. He's revealing things out of his word and speaking to you. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So the same word he said 2,000 years ago is still true today. Truth doesn't fade, right? So um, he continues to reveal himself to us today as we seek him. It just so happens, you know, if you're going verse by verse in your devotions with the Lord, that's what I do. And it just so happens that I'm burdened and I'm praying about something. And then right when I open up to the verse that I'm at, right, my little bookmark, what are the chances of God revealing that, my, whatever my prayer was, right there? You know, it's like, wow, only you, Lord. And how does that happen all the time? But it's, it's pretty awesome. But when you're born again, you notice it's not about religion, right? It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And religion is basically working your way uh, to have a relationship with God out of works, that's not biblical, by the way. And when you read your Bible, and you're, if you're in that religious type of traditional lifestyle, once you start reading your Bible, you're going to see a whole bunch of conflicts, right? You're going to be like, wait a minute. He came. He first loved me. And, and you're going to just see all this stuff like, wait a minute. I thought, no, the Bible doesn't say that. It, wait, it says this. And it's God's going to begin to reveal so many things to you as you simply seek him and his word. But religion is going to ruin your life. So we enter into this relationship simply because of the death on the cross that Jesus died for you and me, that bloodshed that was shed for you and I. And he rose again the third day, by the way, as well. Um, and reaching out to all of us is what he was doing and just saying, hey, you're all welcome, right? For God so loved the world, right? So we're all welcome if we choose to. Um, so you'll, you'll naturally love one another after you've experienced this type of relationship with the Lord, right? Once he's come into your life. And did you guys know that God... He loves you and me in spite of you and me. Isn't that cool? If you guys were like me, remember I was just telling you my prayer life back in the day where I was like, Lord, look at me. Oh, you don't love me. I'm a sinner. Look at me. What I was doing, I was placing God's and his love 
at versus who I am and who I can achieve too in my performance before God. But God's not looking at any of that stuff. He doesn't care about who we are and how much we have or maybe even who we know, right? Have you ever talked to certain people like, I know a movie star. And you're like, oh, nice to meet you. <laughs> wow. But they, you know, they think there's something because they know somebody. And it's like, no, nah, I want to get to know who you are, right? But, um, but you need to receive this fact that he loves you. You got to receive it. You see, I think that's the thing that a lot of people miss is you can hear so much knowledge about God over and over and over until you actually truly allow him in your life, right? You receive this love. It's a, it's a love that needs to be received. And as you do, guess what's going to happen as you're getting in the word of God, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, he's going to transform your life. He's going to transform the way your mindset is. Everything about you is going to be in the direction and the move of the love of Christ, right? And the love of the Lord. And his love will continue to compel you because we're new creation in Christ Jesus, right? We no longer work the same way we used to work. We now take on a new uh, a new life with the Lord, right? Now it's all about Jesus and not about self. And so notice, by the way, go to verse 8. We better go to verse 8. Notice, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And by the way, those of you who maybe you feel wounded, maybe you feel, you know, you, you've gone through a whole bunch of things in your life where, you know, you've ran from this love, you've heard of this love, and this love is just, you tried it, and you got wounded, maybe the, the a leader in the church did something, said something, or you saw something, and they were Christian, and, oh, and you got this anger, bitterness, whatever it may be, Israel, Israel went against the Lord, right? They cheated on the Lord. They went in idolatry. They went into everything you could think of. And, and yet, in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, God says to the nation of Israel, he says, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Right? He draws them back to himself. And he says, guys, he goes on in the, in the chapter there, sing, rejoice, dance, because it's him who draws us near. Right? It's his loving kindness that brought us near. As believers, those of you who are here who love the Lord and know the Lord, it was his loving kindness that drew us to the Lord, right? Then we, we repented of our sins. And <clears throat> so he, he'll do a work. He'll remake you. He'll rebuild you. And then he'll stamp you, right? Made by God, right? <laughs> Made in, not America, but by God, right? There you go. Um, and he'll take care of you. But hey, if you don't love one another and, and you're not showing love toward one another, as far as us as believers, right, in the church, then we're not born of God. That's what John just said. We need to, I think, question our salvation um, on, on who we are based on what the word of God says, because really it's either your word or God's word. At the end of the day, it's God's word. Right? It's going to stand. Um, but secondly, let's go to the second thing. If we're loving one another, it proves that we see the love of God. It proves that we see the love of God. Notice in verse 9, 
through 11, it says, and in this, the love of God was manifested toward us, so revealed to us, right, through Jesus, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him, so that we might have life, right? Jesus said in um, John 10.10, the thief doesn't come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life, and that more abundantly. See, there's, uh, there's actually people that live an abundant lifestyle. And it's, they're full of joy. This is actually reality in the world today. People don't realize that. But you give your life to the Lord. You watch and see what the Lord might do in your life. And it's amazing. But let's keep reading. And this is the love. Not that we love God. But that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Guys, how was God's love revealed to you and me? Well, it was through his son on the cross, right? Um, in John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So Jesus Christ in the flesh, right, gave of himself for you and I for our sins. Um, And according to John chapter 15, verse 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Romans chapter 5, Paul says in verse 8, he says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. By the way, let's rewind. (laughs) Propitiation. Um, That word propitiation means Jesus became our propitiation for us, right? So it means to satisfy, to appease. He appeased uh, what, 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 was coming our way, right? His wrath was against us and our sin. Uh, you and I were born into sin. Guys, that's the problem for you and I today, by the way. It's called sin. Did I say that out loud? Do I need to sprinkle it with some sugar for you guys? Double E hockey sticks, right? <laughs> sin is sin, right? We've got to call it for what it is. Um, Romans chapter 3, verse 10, it says, There is none righteous, no, not one. Uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Guys, the problem is sin. And according to Isaiah uh, chapter 59, verse 2, The Bible says, but your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So understand, believers, church, people, that sin separates you and I from our relationship with God. It tears you apart from the Lord, right? And so what satisfies or what can appease, if you will, this divide, this separation between you and the Lord? Um, it, it's Jesus Christ, right, who satisfies. He appeases the wrath of God that was upon us, upon our sin. And he was our propitiation, propitiation because he took our place. And 
there on the cross, by the way, he paid the price, right? He, he did the good works. You're trying to do the good works to achieve that relationship. He did it for you. He was the good work. Now he says, believe on him. That's the work. But to believe is an action word. It's a believe in every single day, every single minute, every hour, every second, right? You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for the rest of your life. You continue on, not just, I, oh, duh, of course I believe in God. Everybody believes in God, but you believe it's an action. You live it out with your lifestyle. And how can you do that if you're not in the word of God, right? So let's come to the third thing. If we love one another, it proves that we have the spirit of God. We have the spirit of God. Notice in verse 12, it says, no one has seen God at any time. Uh, by the way, why, why is that? Because John chapter 4, verse 24 uh, it, it says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 7, he says, uh, well, there you go. Uh, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. So very, very interesting. Uh, and this is John writing this. John the Beloved, right? John who hung out with Jesus Christ says, no one has seen God at any time. Yet Jesus said, you've seen me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So I'll let you guys study that one on your own. But let's keep going. Look at verse 12. It says, no one has seen God at any time. And if we love one another, one another God abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. And by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. So our love apart from God is, well, let's just call it for what it is. It's conditional, right? Our love apart from the Lord, it's, you know, you do this, thus I will do that, right? That's conditional love. But if God is in you, then now he who is in you, right, is producing his love out of you and through you, thus that unconditional love is performed through your life and through your lifestyle, right? He now can love with his love through you as a channel, right? As you say, Lord, I'm open and I'm available, whatever you want to do. And, and he can do a, a mighty work with that. But only Christ can work this perfect, perfect love in and through our lives, right? It's a work of perfection. And Colossians chapter 1 verse 27, Paul said, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is what is the mystery of the Old Testament. They're scratching their heads. The prophets are like, I know it, but I don't understand it. What is it? What's this mystery? But it would be God would come within us. He would dwell among us. Very interesting. And when we receive the love of God through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ on the cross, uh, he not only forgives our sins, according to Psalm 103, verse 12, it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. In fact, get this, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17, what does it say? Their sins and their lawless deeds, I, God says, will remember them no more. So not only are your sins forgiven, your sins are forgotten. Isn't that cool? Amen, church? All right. Are we here? Okay. And I love that about the Lord, that God keeps no record of wrong. Isn't that cool? 
I'm going to hold that up to the Lord. Lord, there's no record of wrong. <laughs> what is all us know? But there's no record of wrong. He forgot it. But he also gives us of his spirit, by the way, which is threefold. If you're taking notes, the first working of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is with us. The Holy Spirit's with us. John chapter 14, verse 27, I'm sorry, verse 17, it says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you, you know him for he dwells with you and will be with you. That word with, by the way, speaking of coming alongside you and I, right? That he leads us closer to Christ. He leads us closer to the word of God. That's the the para, right? Coming alongside. The second working of the Holy Spirit is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling. Uh, So he's living in you and me, and there's a lot of verses that I was going to go through with you guys on this one, but I was like, nah, I'm not going to. There's just too much. Um, but I'll give you one. Romans 8, 11, it says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, there it is, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you, the church, right? Okay, I'll give you one more. You guys, here you go. You guys have been good this whole time. Good job, guys. Acts chapter 5, verse 32, it says, And we are his witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. So the third working of the Holy Spirit is the para, right? It's when the Holy Spirit comes upon the epi, right? Upon you and I. Um, In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, but you shall receive power, the deutimus power, a dynamite power, right? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So this is the, what we call the overflowing of the Holy Spirit in our lives, right? Where he's just, he's just revealing himself like crazy. He's not only, he not only dwells in us, but he overflows uh, through us into the lives of others around us. That it, that's why we can easily love one another because it's his love in and through us, overflowing out of us, right? And understand um, Zechariah 4, 6, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit, right? Every day I got to remind myself, Lord, I quit. <laughs> I die, right? I'm picking up my cross, Lord, and I'm going to just follow you. I got to remind myself, it's not about me. It's not about what I could accomplish for him that makes any kind of achievement for him. He's not going to smile down because I did something of my own strength. I just got to say, Lord, what do you want to do? That's when he's pleased, when he can do a work in and through you. It's not about you and I and what we can do for him, but only the Lord can enable us to love one another. By the way, that word love, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, you guys know it, right? Love, what does it say, right? What does it say? Galatians 5, 22. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. And then the rest of those, right, are, are basically the byproduct. They follow after what love is because of love. So we need his love in and through us, and he'll naturally, supernaturally, um, produce in you all those other character traits, by the way. So if you guys ever hear somebody, I hear it on the radio every now and then, right there, they're like, you know, the, the fruits of the Spirit, they say the fruits with the S, and it's like, wait, no, Galatians 5.22 says the fruits... 
singular, right? And they say, oh, go, I'm going to talk about, teach you guys about the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. And it's like, oh, man, you know, if you just would read your Bible, I'm not going to listen to this. You know, like, uh, anyway, sorry. Wow, it's amazing how mad you could get up here. Um, let's start hitting this thing. Forget that people are looking at you. Um, let's come to the fourth thing here. The, if we love one another, it proves that we have a true confession about the Son of God. Notice in verse 14, it, it, it says, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. So God's love is in us, right? Since he is in us, he will naturally love through us. And again, speaking about that relationship with Jesus Christ, right? We're not talking about religion here. We're not talking about doing this and go say this prayer and go do this and go give this and go. No, none of that. Spending time with the Lord, that quality time, that the deep knowledge of the Father, the Lord, right? He's our creator. We're his created. We were just talking in the, in the, in the prayer room um, about... You know, God, this is his home. If we walk into his home and we decide, I'm going to do my own thing, we break his law, we're, it's, it's his rules, it's his home. We're his creation, right? And it just doesn't make sense to go against the will of God. But what do we do? We do it nonetheless, right? And Because and, uh, we got a lot to learn. But notice in verse 15, by the way, I don't want you to miss this. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God... That's the key right there. Don't uh, make sure you underline that. We you need to confess that Jesus is the son of God. In in verse 3 it said, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. So this is very very important. It's vital to your salvation, to your eternal standing throughout your, your whole internal life, right? You don't really have life apart from Christ. But uh, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it said, if we confess our sins, right, to the Lord. And now here it says to confess Jesus as Lord. And we, we publicly uh, acknowledge him. We confess him as Lord and Savior of our lives, right? And according to Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Paul said that if you confess with your mouth, right, so this is publicly, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will, here's a promise for you and I, will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very, very important that you publicly announce, confess, hey, Jesus is Lord. I admit, I confess, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, 1 John 1, 9, uh, that I have sinned, right? Romans 3, 23, I've fallen short of the glory of God. You're acknowledging everything that the word of God says and saying, that's me, right? You know what that's called according to Philippians? 
The, the book of Philippians, it says it's humility. Humility. Now that with that, that humility, now you can access the grace of God. And now that you have the grace of God, guess what? Because you have the grace of God, you have everything in Christ Jesus. Everything is yours. The inheritance of him, God, is yours. You're his child. You're his. The promises are yes and amen to the, to the glory of God. Amen, church? We got it all. We got it made. We are blessed beyond our own understanding. We can't even fathom how blessed we are. I think the angels are like, man, those guys. <laughs> they just don't know what they got. But confessing Jesus Christ as Lord, it's something we should all do. We should all do. Philippians chapter 2 verse 11 it says in that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So not only is it something we should all do but it's something that one day we will all do by the way. Uh, In fact Romans chapter 14 verse 11 Paul said as I live says the Lord Every knee shall bow to me. Every knee shall bow to me. And every tongue shall confess to God. So this is something that will happen at one point, right? So we're all called free moral agents. We all have the option to choose to make the decisions in our own lifestyle, right? And whatever we want to do, God loves us so much, he's given us the ability to choose. He's not forcing us into being in a relationship with him, right? And, and uh, so we have the choice. You follow him or not follow him. It's up to you. You know, whatever path you want to choose for your own life, that's, you're going to confess and you're going to bow down and it's going to come out of your mouth that one day. But I would say, let it be now <laughs> for sure, because that's a scary place to be in. So, and parents, you guys, you need to know that you can't force your children to do anything. You really can't. You can for a season, for a time, right? And they'll, they'll do whatever they tell you for a time. But it, it, you can't expect them all of a sudden to, to do whatever the right thing is to do because you're forcing it on them. Do you guys understand what I'm trying to say? No. Understand that the problem is, it's not physical, it's not external, right? It's internal. That's where the problem is. The problem is the heart, right? So you could do everything you can, and you should. That's what the Bible says. Joshua, what does he say in chapter 24? For me and my house, we will serve the Lord, right? So you have your rules. Yes, you teach your your children the way they should go. But um, understand it's only through the power of God. It's only through the name of Jesus Christ and who he is. And when they truly confess the Lord Jesus in their life, that that enablement, right, that that empowerment comes from within to overcome that lifestyle, those choices that they poorly choose to make, right, and their their own decision makings. So it's the same thing that God's doing with us. He just loves us. He gives us, you know, the word of God, but it's up to us to follow him. And when we do, man, do we look back and we're like, how come I didn't do that earlier? (laughs) We all have that, right? I wish I gave my life to the Lord and I was like this big right? I was 13. <laughs> but no, I was. I was pretty short, by the way. Um, but, but we all, we, we need the Lord, right? And only the Lord can do that, that, that work in our lives. But it takes us humbling ourselves, right? So that's the idea. Let's come to the fifth thing, because we only have, what, 40 more minutes to go? So we better hurry up, guys.
Just joking. I like to see those eyes are all. That's funny. So if we love one another, it proves we have boldness in judgment. We have boldness in judgment before God. Notice in verse 17, it says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because he, or as he is, so are we in this world. So how is he? Well, God is love. We just saw that twice in our study today, right? And we, we are his instruments of love all the time. And so no matter how they treat us or how they act against us, we love them. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. You get a donut after service. Good job. Amen, church? That takes a lot to say amen, by the way, right? I look at my brothers and sisters in the Lord in China, in, in uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, and I'm seeing them getting beheaded. I'm seeing them getting tortured for the Lord, burnt on fire. And yet, what are they doing? They're singing, they're dancing, they're rejoicing, and they're saying, hey, I love you, and, and I forgive you for what you do, or you're doing before the Lord. And it's just like, it's intense, isn't it? And, and yet that should be our heart as well. So speaking of this judgment, by the way, everybody will be judged. Understand, nobody will escape his judgment. Um, non-believers, they're going to stand before the great white throne of God. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. Um, believers are going to be judged as well. I know, right? What a, that's a shocker. But according to 2 Corinthians 5.10, It says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So as the believers in Christ, this is the bema seat before the Lord, that we come to the Lord. And according to Paul in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 12, he says, now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is and if anyone's work which he has built on and it endures he will receive a reward and if anyone's work is burned he will suffer loss because he himself will be saved yet so as through fire so in this world we're building on either a strong foundation or we're building on a weak foundation the hay the wood stubble right Uh, uh, and our judgment our reward ceremony if you will when we come before the lord um it's going to be based off of our motive why did you give why did you do what you did what was the heart what was the motive and the only thing that's going to come out of the fire is those pure motives that we gave before the lord whatever it may have been thus we have boldness with the lord when we stand in judgment with the lord not only can we enter in to the throne room of God with boldness the Bible says but we will have that purity of heart and that good motive that we could stand before the Lord right with with uh, with the Lord so let's go to the sixth thing if we love one another it proves we have no fear because of God notice in verse 18 there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love 
Guys, there's no reason for us to be in fear to the things of this world. John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What a contrast that is, right? Perfect love cast out all fear. And, and there are a lot of things in this world that can definitely bring us into fear. I think of cancer. I think of our health. I think of our relationships. I think of our, our jobs that we might be losing or whatever it may be. We can easily fall into the temptation of fear. And, and, uh, because what, what are we trying to do? Naturally, we're trying to over, we're trying to, um, we're trying to hold on to the situation, right? We're trying to control the situation. But what does Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. That's you trying to control it, right? But acknowledge him. In all your ways, right, acknowledge the Lord. Don't lean on your own ways. But just you're going to be blessed no matter what, right? So, um, but the truth is, you and I, we don't need to be afraid, right? Is there genuine concern Yes, there definitely is genuine concern uh, about things in this life, um, and that's good because it causes us to take action, right? If my gas is going on empty, I got to go put gas in it, otherwise I'm stuck on the road. So genuine concern is a good thing, but the truth is we don't have to be afraid of anything, right? We don't have to be worried, we don't have to be in doubt, which is sin, right? When you're worrying, you're, you're, you're in sin because you're not walking by faith. We're to walk by faith, not by sight. And it attempts us to control the matter, but really that's God's job. He's in control, isn't he? Amen? So if he's in control, let him do his job. He does it better than us, right? We do a horrible job. Uh, but the worst thing that can happen to us is really the best thing in this life that the world can give us is death. It really is. Don't be afraid of death and sin, right? Sin, Romans chapter 6, verse 14, uh, has no dominion over us anymore. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Jesus conquered sin and death, according to Romans chapter 8. We don't have to be afraid of the enemy. Uh, according to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, you're of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he is who is in the world. So we don't have to be uh, afraid of being alone either. Hebrews says uh, he's never, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And according to verse 18, fear involves torments, right? Torment means punishment, penalty, right? So speaking of the punishment of God, for our sin. He took it upon himself for you and I. Now let's end with this, the seventh thing. If we love one another, it proves we love God. It proves we love God. Notice in verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. Guys, he loves you guys so much. Did you guys know that? Did you guys, did you guys know that? God loves you so much. Guess what? God loves you like crazy. That's awesome. Isn't that great? He loves you. If someone says, I love God, and he hates his brother, well, we know what Jesus said, right? If you hate your brother, you murdered him, basically, in your heart. You're in sin. You're going down for murder, right? So he is a liar, for he does not love his brother, whom he has seen. How can he love God, whom he has not seen? And this is the commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So your love for one another, guys. By the way, here at church, I am just so encouraged by the way of the love that God is 
doing here in this fellowship where I see you guys are just, you guys simply love one another. You all right? When there's people that break down their cars, I see the love of God coming and helping them. When someone can't pay their bill, the love of God just coming and meeting that need. It's just so cool. Maybe because it's Christmas time. I don't know. But, <laughs> but no, this is throughout the whole year, right? You guys are, I just, I love you guys. I really do. I've been to a lot of fellowships, a lot of churches, and, and there's something dynamic happening here in this fellowship that's just so cool. Uh, from the Lord but uh, so I'm definitely blessed to be here but uh, let me just encourage you guys be obedient to the Lord right and the love that God has in your life he says love one another be obedient to the Lord to make that your effort make that in fact let's stand up and let's pray we need we need to look past uh, the faults of one another right people are sinners they're going to make mistakes um, let me give you guys this last verse. It's in Jude, verse 20. Jude says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ onto eternal life. Oh, love it. Let's pray, guys. Father, thank you so much. Uh, for your love, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord, that you were willing to die on the cross for our sins, Lord. You rose again the third day. You were buried, Lord. Um, But Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would continue to just make yourself known uh, in this place, Lord, that those who don't know you, that they would call out to you, Father, that they would confess their sins onto you, Lord, and know that you have not only forgiven them their sins, but you have forgotten their sins, Lord. I pray that their past would not continue to take dominion over their lives, Lord, but just let it be a lesson and and hand it over, Lord. I pray that you would grant them that newness of life that only you can give, Lord, that they might walk in that love that you've taught us, Lord, that agape love. I pray you would continue to reveal this love to us, Lord. Continue to show us your loving kindness as we go our way. And uh, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for who you are and what you did in our lives, Lord, and what you're going to do in our lives. And uh, we expect your your coming uh, to be soon, Father. So keep us on our feet. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.